This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Well, it's another one of those nights with too much show and no time to chat, so let's get right to it. Here's Vincent Price as the saint in the episode Horrible Hamburger. The Adventures of the Saints, starring Vincent Price. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charters and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes transcribed to radio, starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor Vincent Price as... The Saint. Taxi, taxi. Among men who know locomotion best, it's Louie, three to one. Hello, Louie. Hi, Mr. Templer, climb in. Thank you. And whither can I waft you this beautiful evening? Whither can you waft me? Louie, what's wrong? Something has to be wrong before I use a poetical type speech? No, but I... There's a law which says cab drivers can't use good English? Well, no, but so I... So whither can I waft you? Uh, waft me to Spring Lake Road, if you please. Spring Lake Road? I never heard of it. You've nothing better to do than make, go around making up new streets? Louis, Spring Lake Road is in Westchester. Good. Let it stay there. Louis, I want to go there. Why? I've been invited to dinner by some friends. The food tastes better in Westchester? No, but my friends live there. Okay. Oh, please don't sulk, Louie. Lots of people live in Westchester. Lots of people are crazy. Westchester happens to be a very lovely place. Full of trees, ain't it? The trees are attractive. To who? Apes. Mm. I'd better tell you how to go. You don't have to tell me. I'll find it. I know, but... Listen, Mr. Templer, I'm a cab driver. Cab drivers never get lost. Don't say it. We've just passed that oak tree on the left for the third time. Uh, so it's an active tree. It, I uh, thought cab drivers never got lost. Somebody swiped all the street signs. From the trees? So I got lost. So I'll turn my badge in. So my wife will despise me. So my children will go through life ashamed of their old man. So Louis, I'll never... Louis, it's 10 o'clock. My dinner invitation was for 8.30. You'll never make it. 
I don't doubt that, but I'm hungry. Next time you get to an eating place... Don't say you... any more. Right up the road. Oh, yeah, the Happy Hamburger. Ben Lawton, proprietor. It doesn't look very happy. What has it got to look happy about? I meant the place itself. Yeah. So maybe it looks a little like if the wolf came around and huffed and puffed, you wouldn't have to strain along before it fell down, but... Food is food. Yeah, except when it's a happy hamburger, perhaps. However, hey, it must be the wolf huffing or maybe puffing. Hmm? Here he is. Yeah, savage-looking animal. Yeah. Some wolf. Oh, the poor dog looks as if he hadn't eaten for a week. You... Let's get into the joint before he mistakes me for a T-ball steak. <laughs> oh, I must have hurt his feelings. Happy Hamburger is not having a busy night. What can I do for you? Uh, we'd like some dinner. Well, we're kind of closing. But you haven't closed yet. No, I guess we ain't. Uh, said anywhere. I guess the missus will dish you up some food. I'll go tell her. A very enthusiastic type host. Yeah, never mind that. I hope they have a well-stocked larder. I hope it further occurs to me that they don't have to go out and catch that dog before they have a larder at all. Stop hoping a man could get seasick. Of course, this place may be an undiscovered gourmet's delight, but I wouldn't bet on it. have delighted in this place is still undiscovered. <laughs> uh, what do you think of Mrs. Lawton's cooking? Huh? I don't want to think of it. I'm trying to eat it. <laughs> you finished with your dinner, fellas? Yeah, the dinner is more likely to finish up. Oh, uh, how about dessert? Well, we got blueberry pie and we got huckleberry pie. Uh, what's the difference? Huckleberry pie is a nickel more. Why? Harder to spell. <laughs> <laughs> Which will you have? Apple pie. <laughs> What's the matter, Louie? Dinner. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. However, we won't starve to death while you try to find your way back. I beg your pardon? It wasn't me. That was a tire. Yeah, I was afraid it was. I think maybe... Yeah. Flat? Flat. Uh, fine. We're back in front of that oak tree again. You keep your eye on that oak, Mr. Templer, while I get the spare. Yeah. Want some help? No, thanks. Take him to me. Mr. Templer. Yes, Louie? Come here. Uh, don't tell me you can't lift the spare all by yourself. Oh, the spare I could lift, but there's something else. You see? Uh, yes. Uh, a hitchhiker. Man in his 40s, perhaps, dressed in farmer's clothing. He must have had a walking. Terribly tired, Louie. He got dead. Somebody shoots a guy, all right. Maybe you don't like him. But why does he have to stuff the corpse into the trunk of my cab? I don't know. There were no papers of any kind on the body. All right, so he's a total stranger. 
But why are we heading back to the Happy Hamburg? Because that's where we must have acquired the corpse. It's the only place we stopped. We're out of sight of the car. Unless he was already in the trunk before we left the city. No, no, I checked the tires plus the spare before I picked you up. Then it's the Happy Hamburger. The man was murdered fairly recently anyway. How do you know? Oh, no rigor mortis body warrant. Never mind, never mind, you know. I'll stay a dope. Hey, Mr. Temple. Yes, Lily? What kind of a welcome you think we're going to get at the hamburger? Mm, it's hard to tell, except that uh, it may not be a welcome at all. Joint is dark. Looks like maybe they went out of business. Yeah. There's a house behind the restaurant. That's dark, too. The Lawtons may have gone to bed. It's after 11. It is very late. Maybe we should go to bed. Here comes the junior werewolf again. Yeah, that animal should be fed. But not by me. All the flesh I got, I need. Come along, Louis. Yeah, I'm coming. So is the hound of the basket. Oh, he's not bothering us. So far, he kept his teeth to himself. Suppose he decides to risk a few and see how we taste? Well, that's a chance we'll have to take. Well... Here goes. Don't look now, but our chum has left us again. I couldn't be more pleased. You know, if they're asleep, they're not going to love us with a great love. And I'm not at the moment seeking affection. Yeah? Uh, Mrs. Lawton? That's right. My name is Simon Templer. This is Louie. What do you want? You cooked dinner for us a little while ago. So I cooked dinner for you. Well, since that time, we've um, had a little trouble. We... Had a flat tire. This ain't a garage. I wasn't referring to the tire when I said trouble. Why don't you say what you're referring to? Well, I would rather your husband were here when I do. He's asleep. Or he can be waked. What for? It's a matter of some importance. You still ain't said anything. The matter might be murder. Murder? That's right. Come in. Thanks. Right in here. The parlor. We shall. It takes time to waken Mr. Lawton. He sleeps hard. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm afraid it's necessary. That don't make it easier. Set. I'll get him up and dress. I think the word for her is gracious. Very few women are at their best in the middle of the night, Louie. That's what you think. Would you like... No. Okay. Hey, Mr. Templer... You figuring the deceased we got in the cab was put there by the Lawtons? Not necessarily. They did have the opportunity, but so would anyone else who might have been around the place while we were having dinner. Oh, stop complicating things. It's bad enough. This is some parlor. Yes, I've seen cheerier places. You got a radio, though. No television set. Is that bad? Well, Mr. Templer, what do you think of television? I think of it as infrequently as I can. Huh. Oh, Mrs. Lawton is apparently having difficulty waking her husband. From what we've seen of the guy, how can she tell when he's awake? Maybe our birds have flown the coop. It's a possibility. How can a bird fly a coop? They're in here, in the parlor. Mm-hmm. They can't fly a coop. 
Hi. Uh, hello, Mr. Lawton. Uh, you didn't have to bother dressing for us. I dress for myself. And don't go tracking mud over the best rug. Set where you are. I'll set where I am. Wife tells me you're Mr. Templer. I am. She also tells me you got something to say about a murder. I have. Say it. In a moment. Your wife and you own the Happy Hamburger? You already know that. I noticed quite some farmland behind the house. Yours? Yeah. You farm it yourself? Pretty much. Does that pretty much mean you have help? Sometimes. Hired hand named Webster. Oh, why only sometimes? Well, he up and quit this afternoon. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, he'll be back as soon as he spends his money. You might be wrong about that. Always has before. What are you getting at? Suppose we go outside to the uh, cab, huh? I don't mind. Come on, Emmy. I'm right here. What kind of a man is Webster? Oh, not much account. Works when he has to eat, gets a full belly, stops working. A philosopher, perhaps. <laughs> Ever have any quarrels with him? Kind of nosy, ain't you, Mr. Templer? Perhaps. But is there any reason why your husband should hesitate about answering that question? No reason. No quarrels. Fine. Louis. Yeah? Please open the trunk compartment, will you? Sure. In a second. There's something I'd like to show you, Mr. Lawton. Mr. Templer. Yes, Louis? If you were planning on surprising anybody, give up. What do you mean? Look. Mm. Looks like birds can't fly coops. Only I picked the wrong bird. We have mislaid our corpse, Mr. Templer. So it would appear strange. Say, how about letting us in on this? Mr. Lawton... Was your hired hand a man in the middle 40s with brown hair and eyes of stocky build, a small scar under his left jawbone? Hey, that's Webster. You must have met him. What do he have to say for himself? <laughs> we met him, but uh, he didn't have anything to say. We didn't start out being the great loves of the Lawton's life. But I hate to think what they must be thinking of us now. I hate to think of the missing Mr. Webster. Yeah, he didn't even say goodbye. Mr. Templer, what happened to him? I don't know. Corpses rarely are the active type, but uh, the late Mr. Webster may have been an exception. Exceptions like that, I hope, stay away from me. We're in what could easily be an overgrown filling station. Nonsense. Slow down, Louie. This is Exbrook. Oh, uh, town nearest the Happy Hamburger. <laughs> Place seems to be shut up for the night. They didn't take the sidewalks in, though. Hey, up ahead, the gay white way. <laughs> the drugstore apparently still open. Let's stop there, Louie. Okay. Yeah. Front windows full of harnesses, fertilizer, and yard goods. How did you know it was a drugstore? Well, there's a large sign advertising ice cream sodas in front. Oh, well, that explains it. We're thirsty? Only for information. Come along. Come on. Eee. Joint is crawling with juveniles. Now, look at a jukebox. Yeah, so it is. The waitress behind the fountain. It's too public. The waitress? The fountain. Ah. Uh, Mr. Templer, I just noticed. Behind the cash register. This end. Look it. Yeah, I'm looking. Well, now put your eyes back in their sockets. 
She's dressed in gingham. She's wearing pigtails and big blue eyes. She's... she's merely the farmer's daughter, Louie. Is that a fact? Hey, maybe she knows a joke. Uh, be still, Louie. She may be able to help us. <laughs> Is help the word you really had in mind? Uh, good evening, miss. Hiya, Toots. I beg your pardon? So far, what for? Hmm. That farm ain't what it used to be. <laughs> Not to mention the farmer's daughter. And who's the little stranger? Who's the... Oh, oh. That's Louie. It's not bad either, but it looks married. Who are you? I'm Simon Templer. I'm Teddy, and what are you doing after I get through here? <laughs> well, I... You married? No. What a coincidence. I'm not married either. Well, it happens all the time, but what I wanted Star was... Star closes in half hour. Tell me then. My dear Teddy, I... Look, what do you know about a man named Webster? Dan Webster? Mm-hmm, I imagine so. Hired hand out to the Lawtons? Yeah, that's the Dan Webster I had in mind. He wears a private property, no trespassing sign on him. Oh, whose sign? Mrs. Lawton's. Hmm, how does Mr. Lawton feel about that? Mr. Lawton has never seen fit to whisper sweet nothings in my shell-like ear. Don't you think they're shell-like? My ears, I mean. <laughs> I hadn't noticed. <laughs> Stop wasting time and do some noticing. Look, I'm almost old enough to be your father, I... Maybe, but you're not my father. Uh, good evening, Teddy. So far, it's a terrible evening. Where are you going? Louie and I have an errand to do. My phone number is 137, in case. In case of what? Your errand is out of town. Goodbye. Wow. I'm afraid wow is exactly right. <laughs> oh. You know, I'm coming to the conclusion they got something in these small towns up in Western. <laughs> but you mean they have his teddy and you're married and we have an appointment. Yeah. Where? The Happy Hamburger. You mean we're going to wake the Lawtons again? I hope not. Then what are we going out there for? We're going to, uh, <laughs> trespass on, uh, very private property. I ought to hang a sign with shuttle on it on my can. I don't imagine we're going to be coming out here again. You're not breaking my heart. You know, every time we come out to the Happy Hamburger, it gets darker. I think I'll coin a proverb. It's too late. It's always darker before it's lighter. I don't think that'll catch on. <laughs> Happy Hamburger's up ahead. Louie, we have a problem. Oh, thanks for letting me... What kind of a problem have we got? we got to find a pond, a brook, or perhaps a lake. You got a sudden desire to go swimming? No, not swimming. You forget something, Louie. I always forget something. What is it this time? Ponds, brooks, or lakes create mud. Oh, thanks a lot. Tonight, I don't need any mud. Call me hypersensitive. I just don't need any mud. You better stop the car under these trees. Okay. You know, uh, about that mud, I yes. suspect you're mistaken. That's because you got a suspicious nature. Besides... Well, we better get started. Hey, we're heading away from the house. How true. Why? We're looking for... I know, I know. And they rarely occur in houses. Okay, okay. Uh, does this watery object you're looking for have to be any place in particular, or are we surveying Westchester County? Mm, it has to be on the Lawton's land. Oh, well, that helps. Yeah, probably they got 139 acres. And in the dark, how are we going to search it? I understand hazel twigs don't work anymore. <coughs> That hound would out of home again. I hope he goes away. Don't be silly, Louie. We'll want to meet up with him. You'll do all the wanting by yourself. Why? Because he's going to be a hazel twig. What is? Mm-hmm. 
Hey, wait a minute. You mean he'll help us find water? That's not... Well, what is all this excitement about water anyway? Among other things, Louis, water washes away blood. Tell you a secret, Mr. Templer. I never like hikes. It can't be much longer. That dog is definitely leading us somewhere. Sure, sure. Probably to a bone he buried last month. I don't... He's done it. Are you referring to the junior-sized lake? That pond, yes. Now what? Oh, fine. Fine. He went swimming. We got to go swimming, too? No, we can walk around the pond. We're at one end of it, and... Hey, look at that unground hunk of hamburger has stopped. Yeah, just beyond the pond in a small clump of trees. We're joining them? Of course, come on. Why? Because the land around the pond is muddy. All right, so the land around the pond is muddy. This fills me with a great joy. The dog's not moving. He's waiting for us. Also fills my shoes with mud. Hey, you know what happens to trees when they die? Yeah, they become telegraph poles. Stop swiping my jokes. That dog is going nuts. With joy. What has he got to be so happy about? He hasn't even gone near a tree. He's digging at the ground. Well, sure, yeah, that bone he buried last month. Do you know what we're going to do, Louie? I got an unhappy idea. We're going to copy the dog and dig. Right. I'm already looking for something to dig with. What are we going to dig for? Something the dog lost? No, something we lost. Mr. Templer, a couple of feet more, I'll be in China. Oh, don't be silly. You can't get to China by digging straight down. Oh, you can't, huh? Where you get is Australia. Nobody ever tells me things like that. Hey. What is it, Louis? From where you are, you can't see. But from down here... Well, I'll come to the edge of the hole. Well, Louis, we've kind of found that corpse all over again. Tell that dog to shut up, will you? I don't feel so good. No, I'll give you a hand, Louie. Help climb out of the hole. Hey, that sounds like a car backfire. Road's too far away. Never mind climbing up here, Louie. I'm going to join you down there. Hey, what's going on? And I'm not going to like the answer. Someone is having target practice with us for targets. Ooh. I could see a vague figure at the other side of the pond, too dark to identify. Oh, there goes that hound that walks like a horse. Probably figured it was too crowded down here. Hey, Mr. Templer, I hate to mention this, but if the boy with the gun kind of wanders over here... Yeah, I realize that. Louis, this grave we're in isn't level. The edge on your side is lower than the one facing the pond, which means you can climb out without being seen. Make for the trees, then for the road, your cab, and a few policemen. Maybe so, but then what are you going to do? Stay here. Otherwise, our gun-shooting friend will head for the cab, too. But while I'm getting help, you are liable to be getting killed. It's a chance we'll have to take, and believe me, I'm not taking it with any great joy, but we have no alternative. You'd better hurry. Okay, Mr. Templer. But look at with the way the taxi business is. Be careful. I don't want to have to look for another fare on account of you got shot in the woods. Well, it's been a lovely life. 
down there. What on earth are... Teddy! Uh, is it fun down there? Because if it's fun, I'll come right down. Teddy, stay where you are. I'll... <laughs> May not be very fancy down here, but it is cozy. <laughs> Simon, you didn't tell me you weren't alone. I didn't have a chance to. You better not look at him too long. Simon, what on earth are you doing down at the bottom of a grave with Mr. Lawton? He is Mr. Lawton, isn't he? Well, of course he is. Why do you say it in that funny way? Because we were supposed to think it was Dan Webster, except that I hadn't thought so, not for a while, and, uh, he was murdered, Teddy. Did you murder him? No. Well, I'm certainly glad to hear that, because you're very handsome. But after all, even handsome fellows shouldn't murder people. What they should do is... Teddy, Dan Webster, along with Mrs. Lawton, murdered Mr. Lawton. Well, that's not very surprising, because they did have a crush on each other, and nobody loved Mr. Lawton anyway. They must have planned to leave town immediately after the murder, but, uh... Teddy, did you happen to notice a dog about not to mention Dan Webster? I heard somebody running and a dog barking before I found you. Hmm. Dog must have frightened Webster off. So that's all right. How did you find me? I noticed your car outside the Happy Hamburger. I lived down the road a bit and was going home. So I knew you were someplace around. And when I was a little girl, I used to be a Girl Scout. Because you wanted to learn how to tie knots or build campfires? No. Because I wanted to learn how to track a man. I had a feeling it would come in handy. It has. Did anybody call for a cab? Louie. Oh, excuse me, Teddy. Hello, Louie. Hello, Louie, he says. I thought you'd gone to town for help. I figured it would take too long. Figured maybe I could get behind the villain and surprise him. So instead, Mr. Pempley, you surprise me. Back to the hamburger again. We're hungry? No, except perhaps for justice. Simon, the Lawton's car is out front. Mrs. Lawton's in it. Yeah, come on, into the cab. Over this way. Like, be as quiet as you can. All right, Simon. Quiet. He can't see us under the trees here. Turn your ignition on, Louie. Be ready to start the car. Okay. It's ready. Webster's coming out of the house. Couple of suitcases. He's getting into the car. Here they go. Louie. I know. Follow them. They may not notice they're being followed. Supposing they do. Well, we'll have to chance that. Okay, but look, I don't mind so much being shot myself. But don't forget, this here cab belongs to the company. I can't afford to get bullets in it. Coming into Exbrook, what now, Mr. Templer? Teddy, at this hour of the night, no one would be about, am I right? It is kind of late. The police station is where? The next block. Uh, in that case, catch up with them, Louie, quick. Well, I should have a collision with them? Preferably a small-sized one. You're a good driver, Louie. Run them off the road. But the cab... Never mind that. Hit them as soon as we get opposite the station. Okay. I only hope it'll show on the meter. We're getting close to them. And, and here goes...
Nice going, Louie. Oh, didn't even scratch your fender. Say, weren't those cops polite, which is very unusual, and... Uh... Louie, be still. Why? I have to explain things to Teddy here. From what I heard, she don't... Louie! I shut up. Please, Simon, tell me. Well, you see, Teddy, Mrs. Lawton and Webster planned to kill Mr. Lawton and then leave town, figuring no one would ever know. How did they expect to get away with it? Actually, their idea of placing the corpse in the trunk compartment of the cab was clever. Normally, the body wouldn't have been discovered for days and then miles away from Exborough. But instead, you got a flat and came back. Ah, very lucky flat, but not for Mrs. Lawton and Webster. She got quite a shock when she saw our smiling faces, but she kept her head and sent Webster out to remove the body from Louie's cab and hide it. The only mistake she made was being too housewifely. What do you mean? Oh, when Webster returned, her instinctive reaction was to tell him not to track mud on the rug. If he'd been asleep in the house, there shouldn't have been mud on his shoes. Therefore, I concluded he'd been out. I see. And when the body was missing, I knew that he'd buried it. The mud also told me the burial place had to be near water. And Mr. Lawton's dog led you to the burial place, and and that's where I found you, Simon. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. But um, we were kind of interrupted back there, so... Uh... Wow, wow, wow. Oh, Louie. I'm not hearing a thing or seeing a thing in my rearview mirror. Louie, we've reached Teddy's place. Stop the car. Okay. But, Simon... My dear, you're very lovely, but you're very young, so I'm afraid this is where the farmer's daughter goes back to the farm. You've been listening to another transcribed adventure of The Saint, the Robin Hood of modern crime. Now here's our star, Vincent Price. Ladies and gentlemen, our cast tonight included Louise Erickson, Noreen Gamil, Arthur Q. Bryan, and Dave Light. Larry Dobkin was Louie. This is Vincent Price inviting you to join us again next week at this same time for another exciting adventure of The Saint. Good night. of The Saint was written by Louis Bitties. The music was composed and conducted by Vaughn Dexter. The Saints, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris, is a James L. Safier production and is directed by Helen Mack. Vincent Price is soon to be seen co-starring in RKO's production of His Kind of Woman. All you Saint fans will be glad to know that the Saint comic books are on sale at all newsstands. Your announcer is Don Stanley. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. Wednesday marks the return to the air of that delightful couple, Mr. and Mrs. Ronald Coleman. As more good times when the Halls of Ivy with Mr. and Mrs. Ronald Coleman returns to NBC next Wednesday. Make a date. Here are the Halls of Ivy next Wednesday evening. The chimes are your invitation. Next, it's Sam Spade. Then an hour-long drama on Theater Guild on NBC. Stay tuned for Abbott and Costello next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Abbott and Costello. Hey, Abbott, what time is it? It's time for the Abbott and Costello Show. We're on the air for ABC here in Hollywood. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go with the Abbott and Costello Show. Yes, it's the Abbott and Costello Show. Produced and transcribed in Hollywood for your listening and laughing pleasure. 
Chuckles with a carload and music by Matty Malnick. So hold on to your chairs, folks, for here they are, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. What are you doing with those boxing gloves? I'm going to enter the Golden Gloves tournament. I've been training. You a prize fighter? Yes, I'm known as Butcher Boy Costello. Butcher Boy Costello? Yes, I gave my opponent a left to the heart, a right to the kidneys, a left to the chops, and a right cross to the short ribs. And then? He knocked me on my pot roast. <laughs> you don't even look like a fighter. Being strong is all in the mind, you know, Costello. It is? Sure. You have to think strong. Think of Atlas, and you'll have a shape like him. Think of Hercules, and you'll have a shape like his. That method won't work with me, Abbott. Why not? I keep thinking of Rita Hayworth. I... <laughs> what do you think will happen to you if you got knocked around and got punched, drunk, and goofy? I can always be a straight man like you. Sure you can. <laughs> How do you think you'd look with a cauliflower ear? A mushroom nose and a squash face. I'd be the only guy in Hollywood with a built-in home garden. (laughs) Costello, you're a moron. Uh, what's that? You're a moron. That's enough, Abbott. One more word out of you and I'll fight. Idiot. That ain't the word. (laughs) Costello, you're in a class with an imbecile. I know. Want me to help you out with your homework? I'll get him out of here. chance to do nothing on the show. Oh, stop. Oh, I went to that quiz show. Truth or coincidences? Uh, <laughs> they asked me a question. When I, when I didn't give them the answer, they hit me over the head with a, a crowbar and ripped my clothes off and hit me in the face with a pie and squirted dirty water all over me. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, but the joke was on them. It was? Mm-hmm. I knew the answer all the time. <laughs> you should quit hanging around quiz shows trying to win something for nothing. You ought to get yourself a job and go to work. I tried to. I studied to be a bartender. I went to the bartender school for two years, and I still can't get a job. Why not? I can't fix a television set. I I thought so. You're just stupid. Your whole family is stupid. Uh, How can you say that? 
My Uncle Mike is a very brilliant man. He invented the cotton gin, the telephone, and the steamboat. What about Whitney, Bell, and Fulton? Leave the Andrews sisters out of this. I... <laughs> what, is your, what is your Uncle Mike doing now, Lou? He's part-time lifeguard at the Del Mar Hotel swimming pool. Are you kidding? Uncle Mike can't even swim. That's why he's only working part-time. <laughs> he had a lot of trouble with Aunt May last week. He did? Yeah, he got her a new set of false teeth, and he told her not to take them out. He begged her not to take him out. He pleaded with her not to take him out, but she did. What happened? Her head collapsed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your Aunt May is quite a woman, Lou. She she raised quite a family. Oh, yes. Three years ago at the Patterson Fair, she won first prize for having the most little boys in one family. She had 15 little boys. Mm -hmm. What was first prize? A little boy. um... (laughs) Never mind that. Whatever happened to your Aunt May's uh, younger sister? Oh, she graduated from high school this year, and she's so excited she's going to Harvard. Harvard? Harvard is a boys' school. Yeah, that's why she's so excited. (laughs) She's going to Harvard. That's ridiculous. None of your family ever went to college. Is that so? I'm taking a night course right now at UCLA. Well, no, I'm glad to hear it. In other words, that's UCLA. UCLA. Well, that's right. UCLA. I'm glad to hear it, Lou. Uh, How are you making out? Not so good. Monday night, the teacher asked each pupil to bring something that would show what they want to be when they they get out of school. Well, now, it sounds interesting. Yeah, one guy wanted to be a policeman, so he brought a button off a policeman's uniform. One girl wanted to be a nurse, so she brought a button off a nurse's uniform. Another guy wanted to be a fireman, so he brought a button off a fireman's uniform. What did you bring? Nothing. Why not? I wanted to be married. How are you going to get a button off of that? You want to be married. You don't know the first thing about marriage. You don't even know what it takes to make a marriage. I do so. It only takes two people to make a marriage. Well, that's right. A single girl and an anxious mother. (laughs) As far as I'm concerned, marriage is a three-ring circus. What do you mean a three-ring circus? Well, first the engagement ring. Yes. Then the wedding ring. And then suffering. Oh, stop. (laughs) Are you still going with that striptease dancer at the burlesque show? Oh, sure. Every night I bring her three roses. Does she wear them? She has to. It's her custom. <laughs> what about that new girl that moved in the apartment next to you? Well, I tell you, but I had a date with her and she's a bachelor girl. Well, what makes you think she's a bachelor girl? She looks more like a bachelor than she does a girl. <laughs> what girl is she, Lou? Abbott, asking a girl's age is like buying a used car. What do you mean? Well, you know the speedometer has been set back, but you don't know how far. <laughs> Where, where did you take her on the date? Well, we went to a soda farm and had one of those fancy dishes. You know, ice cream and bananas. Split? No, I paid the whole check. I... <laughs> well, she doesn't sound like she doesn't sound like the kind of girl for you, Costello. Tell me, do you still uh, do you still date that cute little uh, blonde from Pomona? Oh, sure. I had a date to go horseback riding with her last night. You did? Yes, we rode along through the moonlight. It was beautiful. Her horse was nuzzling my horse. My horse was nuzzling her horse. Ah, must have been fun. It was for the horses. My girl didn't show up. (laughs) (laughs) I guess she saw it me because I bought her mother a girdle, and her mother got mad, too. Well, uh, what size does her mother wear? Small, medium, or large? Oh, no, no, no. Women's girdles don't come in those sizes, Abbott. They don't? Oh, no, no. What sizes do they come in? Large, larger, and here comes the showboat. Bud. Hello, Uncle Louie. Sabbath's nephew, folks. I left orders with the doorman not to let you win. Now, how did you get past him? I held your script under his nose and then stepped over his body. (laughs) 
There must be a way to keep this guy out of here. Now, I've got it. I'll hypnotize him. Come over here, Norman. Oh, uh, now, wait a minute, Costello. What are you going to do to him? I'm going to hypnotize him and put him to sleep. Look me straight in the eye, Norman. Okay. You're going to sleep. Abadabba, sleep. Abadabba, sleep. Abadabba, sleep. I think it's working, Uncle Louie. It is? Yeah, my Abadabba is asleep. <laughs> You lay off, Norman. He's my sister Olive's boy. And Olive's a very lovely person and a big woman in this town. I noticed that. Your sister Olive is built like the state of Indiana. <laughs> Just what do you mean? She has a large South Bend. I... <laughs> my sister Olive is a leader of society. Before she moved to Hollywood, she was the rage of Kansas City. Your sister Olive would throw any city into a rage. I... <laughs> she came to the right place when she came to Hollywood. She's a typical Hollywood girl. What do you mean? A Hollywood girl at 30 has wrinkles. At 35, she has gray hair. And at 40... She becomes a blonde and starts all over again. <laughs> Say what you want about my sister, Olive, but she's a very well-educated woman. She's a college graduate. And she has a sheepskin. I notice that. She ought to try using Jergens lotion. I... <laughs> you, know, you, you know, you have no business ridiculing my family. Now, last week, you were picking on my wife. My wife comes from one of the finest families in California. She's a Tracy. Any relation to Dick Tracy? Uh, <laughs> certainly not. Certainly not. Dick Tracy is a character in a comic book. Your wife is no oil painting. Uh, <laughs> Hello, boys. Hey, look, Costello, it's our secretary, Viola Vaughn. Well, Viola, 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 you certainly look lovely tonight. What is that you're wearing? Oh, do you like it? This is my nightclub dress. Nightclub dress? Uh-huh. Don't you get it, Abbott? No cover. Oh, you you look gorgeous tonight You and I would make a lovely pair We'd be just like a couple of lovebirds Would we? Oh, I'll show you First, I put one wing around you like this Uh Then I put my other wing around you like this Then I put Then I beak up close to your beak Then I coo softly What do I do? Oh, stand there, Viola Drop a worm in his mouth I'm serious about her, and you're not. Why, Viola, I'd bring you the moon on a silver platter. Oh, that's wonderful, Abbott. How about you, Costello? Would you bring me the moon on a silver platter? Well, I look like a waiter. (laughs) The moon on a silver platter is a poetic expression like they use in song. Oh, you know I wrote a song about the moon? A very beautiful thing, too. What's the name of it? I call it Carolina Moon, What Are You Doing Over Glendale? Stop, Costello. You know nothing about writing songs. Oh, I not only write songs, I sing them. Why, when I was in kindergarten every morning, I would get up in front of the class and sing Rockabye Baby all the way through. Oh, that was marvelous. Yeah, there was nothing to it. I was 21 years old at the time. <laughs> you know any other songs, Costello? Oh, every night I lay in bed and I sing an Irish lullaby. Did that put you to sleep, Costello? You don't think I'd stay awake and listen to that howling, do you? Well, I saw you last night, Costello. I saw you. You had a cat on a leash. Hey, that certainly is a funny-looking cat. Is he yours? Yes, he's mine. He's a football cat. I call him First Down. What do you name the cat First Down? Every night he's got ten yards to go. <laughs> Well, 
Well, instead of being out walking a cat on a leash, a boy your age ought to be out with a girl. Well, I like cats better. They're smarter than girls anyway. What makes you say the cats are smarter than girls? Well, Abbott, no matter how a girl tries, she can't wash her face with her tongue. <laughs> Pay no attention to him, Viola. Why don't you come over and see the preview of, of our new picture, Viola? Huh? I do some love scenes in the picture, and I, I want you to see my, my fade-out kiss. You mean she'll see your faded-out kisser? <laughs> anyway, Viola has got a date with me. Well, I don't think I'm going to keep it, Costello. Why not? Well, last Sunday he took me riding, and he insisted I wear a riding habit. Naturally. Monday he took me hiking, and he insisted I wear a hiking suit. Naturally. Tuesday he took me to dinner, and he insisted I wear a dinner gown. Well, why are you breaking the date tonight? Tonight he wants to take me to a birthday party. Uh... (laughs) Well, that did it. It's been a lot of fun, and it's been a beautiful evening up to now, Mabel. Mabel? My name is Viola. Well, whatever your name is, it's certainly been fun. Get him out of here! gentlemen, Abbott and I heard a young singer in New York several weeks ago, and we liked him very much, and we brought him back to Hollywood to join our show, and here he is, and we hope you like him too, Hal Winters. El Kumba, 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 Kumbanchero, a bongo, 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 zero. Brigadiki va sonando con bancero, bango cerro que se va, bango cerro que se va. El cumba, 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 cumbancero, a bango, 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 bango cerro. Brigadiki va sonando con bancero, bango cerro que se va, bango cerro que se va. Y sueñaritando, brigadiki, bom, 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 ba. Is when you're Boom, 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 ba. Kumba, 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 kumbunchero. A bango, 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 cero. Rickety, give us so no kumbunchero. Bango, cero, kesseva. Bango, cero, kesseva. Kumba, 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 kumbunchero. A bango, 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 cero. Rickety, give us so long, no kumbunchero. Bango, cero, kesseva. 
Ponchero, bango, cerro, que se va, bango, cerro, que se va. Y sueña ritambo, berriquetí, bum, 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 ba. Y sueña ritica, berriquetí, bum, 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 ba. El cumba, 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 cero. A cumba, 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 cero. Costello, something's got to be done about the parking conditions around this studio. Tonight, I couldn't see a parking space in front of the studio, in back of the studio, or even across the street from the studio. Could be worse. Uh, what do you mean? Yeah, but suppose you had a car. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> well, never mind that. Did your Uncle Mike drive you down here tonight? No, my Uncle Mike just took his California driver's test today. You should have seen him. He got in a car with the inspector, backed into a truck, bumped into a street car, and then he crashed into a stone wall. Did he pass? We won't know till next Wednesday. Well, Why not? That's the day the inspector gets out of the hospital. <laughs> uh, did your uncle Mike go to see his favorite uh, program, What's Doing, Ladies? Yes, and there was a line in front of that studio two blocks long. Uh, never mind that. How did he like What's Doing, Ladies? I don't know. By the time he got in, they were through doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, your uncle Mike is an ignoramus. He ought to get himself an education. Yes, he's got one, Abbott. Why, ten years ago, Uncle Mike was a garbage collector without an education. Then he went to night school and he graduated. And what a difference that made in him. What is he now? A garbage collector with an education. <laughs> <laughs> well, never mind him, Costello. What is your Sam Shovel detective story for tonight? It's a fascinating case, Abbott. I call it the case of the curbstone murder or Gertie get out of the gutter <laughs> and let the water go by. <laughs> Sounds intriguing. Let's get on with the case. Yeah, let's do that. And now, the makers of Smudge Pot Cigarettes present the further adventures of Sam Shovel, Private Detective. But first, a word about our product, Smudge Pot Cigarettes. Smudge Pots are the only cigarettes that contain no nicotine, no harmful tars, no tobacco. <laughs> These cigarettes are made only from the finest domestic and Turkish towel. <laughs> and remember our slogan. Smudge Pots are the only cigarettes that contain alum. Our slogan is, pucker while you puff. <laughs> go to your cigar store tonight. They will give you a package of Smudge Pots for nothing. The package has no sharp edges. Take them home and throw them in your dresser. What a cigarette. So free. So easy on the drawers. <laughs> and now to the adventures of Sam Shovel, private detective. Yes. Yes, I'm Sam Shovel, private detective. I'm sitting in my little office looking at my new office safe. This time, I got a real office safe. When I go home at night, I lock my office in it. <laughs> I see a piece of string around my finger. Suddenly, I remember what it's for. 
is to remind me to take the string off my finger. <laughs> I reach in my pocket for my tobacco. There's a big hole in my pocket. That's the last time I'll buy chewing tobacco. <laughs> I always choose a hole in my pocket. <laughs> this detective racket is plenty tough. You've got to work in all kinds of weather. Just listen to that wind howling outside. I'll give you that if you'll give me this. I'll give you this if you give me that. It's a trade win. <laughs> it was such a nice night as this that I was called to solve the famous farmyard murder. A fiendish farmer had cut off his hired man's head. He hid it in the alfalfa. What a tough case. It was like finding a noodle in a haystack. <laughs> I decide to shave. I lather my face. The razor hums through my whiskers. St. Louis woman with all her diamond rings. I always use Gillette Blues blades. <laughs> I decide to dial up a little in case a client should come in. I put on my swallowtail coat. I take it off. Seems silly for a man my age to wear a coat made of swallowtail. <laughs> I notice the headline in the morning paper. The country is in a strange position. On the next page, it says, eggs are going up. Chickens must be in a strange position, too. <laughs> Suddenly, the phone rings. Hello? Yes, this is Sam Shovel, the detective. Somebody that wants me to handle the keys. Yes? No. No, I can't work that cheap. No, no, you know my prize. What's that? 5,000? Okay, I'll take the keys. Right, 5,000. But remember, all Tootsie Rolls, no jelly beans. <laughs> I thought of my friend, Lieutenant Abbott of the Homicide Squad. I might get him to help me on this case. Some people think Lieutenant Abbott has a screw loose in his head, but I know different. I tightened that screw in his head only yesterday. <laughs> One thing I will say for Lieutenant Abbott, he knows his onions. He can walk in any vegetable store and say, that's an onion. <laughs> but he's a real cop. Abbott don't know the meaning of the word intimidation. That's only one of a million words he don't know the meaning of. <laughs> Hello, Sam Shovel. It's my pal, Lieutenant Abbott of the Homicide Squad. Sam, I'd like to leave my new cowhide briefcase in your office. That's a pretty briefcase, Lieutenant. Yeah, it's genuine cowhide. Open it. The cow is still hiding in it. There's a picture of your wife in it, too. She looks kind of different in this picture. It's her hair. She's wearing a page boy. Don't she look nice? It's hard to tell. The page boy's feet are hanging down over her face. <laughs> Enough of this nonsense, Ham. The cops caught an old friend of yours last night. Shirley, the shoplifter. Beautiful Shirley, the shoplifter. I once trailed her through a department store, through the shoe department, through the jewelry department, the furniture department, then I caught her in men's underwear. <laughs> this is serious, Sam. Shirley is in the prison hospital. She's unconscious. She keeps moaning, Harry. Harry! Harry! You must be in the state of Como. <laughs> Sam, if you want to see Shirley alive, you better get over to the hospital at once. Let's go. 
We arrived at the hospital. We were walking down a corridor. I was reading the signs on the door. Dr. Kildare, surgery, back in 10 minutes. Dr. Nichols, surgery, back in 15 minutes. Dr. Condon, perjury, back in 20 years. <laughs> Ma'am, here comes the doctor that's taking care of Shirley the shoplifter. He looks like a phony to me. I heard that, young man. I'll have you know that I've operated on over 300 patients and I never lost a single one of them. You didn't? No, I know where each one of them is buried. <laughs> Doctor, can we go in and see Shirley now? Yes, but don't stay too long, please. The patient must not have too much excitement. Why not? How do I know? All the radio doctors say that. <laughs> My goodness. Aren't you Sam Shovel, the detective? That's me. Man, from the looks of you, you need medical attention. Uh, Shovel, if you'll come here tomorrow between 2 and 4 or between 6 and 8. Remember, between 2 and 4 or 6 and 8. I'll examine your head. Why can't I come between four and six? That's when they're examining my head. <laughs> come on, Sam Shovel. Here's Shirley's room. Uh, oh, poor Shirley, my poor Shirley. Sir, who are you? And what are you doing here? I'm Shirley's father. She's in the next room. She's got appendicitis. None of the doctors will operate on her. I'm afraid she'll die. Cheer up, friend. I will operate on Shirley. You? I thought you were a detective. Before I became a detective, I was known as young Dr. Shovel. Are you sure you can do it, Sam? Am I sure I can do it? Certainly. I'll skin out to the car and get my satchel of surgical instruments. Thank goodness he's got his satchel. She's right in there, Sam. Here I go. Has anybody got a hammer? Here's a hammer. Thanks. Anybody got a chisel? Here's a chisel. Anybody got a blowtorch? Wait a minute, Sam. Sam, hammer, chisel, blowtorch. What are you doing to Shirley? What, Shirley? First, I got to open my satchel. Costello, a Sam Shovel, you were really digging him up tonight. <laughs> Get it? Shovel? Digging him up? <laughs> it's a joke, son. I dug up a joke. Yes, and you'd better bury it again. <laughs> Abbott, let's leave the jokes to our writer. You mean we got writers? Oh, he's only kidding, folks. He knows our writing staff. We're headed by Eddie Foreman with Paul Collin, Pat Costello, Martin Ragaway, and Len Stern. And I know that our producer is Charles Vander. That's pretty good for Abbott, folks, when you consider Vander's only been on the show two years. <laughs> Good night, folks. Good night, everybody. Good night. Listen each Thursday night at this time for another great Abbott and Costello show. Produced and transcribed in Hollywood. 
Be sure to stay tuned for the outstanding entertainment which follows throughout the evening on this ABC station. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Escape, followed by Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.